there seems to be a forgiveness because of the Microsoft look and feel and centric type product that they're will that they're willing to have multiple keystrokes to get to, for drill downs for you know going to different functionality. They're willing to live with that and. Uh, I mean, the reality is everyone's opinion of their current ERP system is relative to what they've used previously. So as long as it's better than what they used to have, I'm sure they're going to Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, LFH IQ. There is a very thin line between mainstream and project-based manufacturing. Is software development manufacturing? How about constructing a house? The manufacturing systems that are designed for mainstream manufacturing such as make-to-stock, made-to-order, configure-to-order and engineer-to-order are very different. While they might claim to do project-based manufacturing, they hardly have a costing wrapper to track different jobs for that project. It's almost like once in a while, if the bicycle company needs to also manufacture the bike store, the system should be able to handle it. But that doesn't make this system suitable for companies that are only building bike stores. And maybe once in a while, they might assemble a bicycle to send a gift to their customers. These two are different scenarios and business models. So where does Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central fit. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central's capabilities. We covered many grounds including its depth in warehousing and distribution and project-centric manufacturing. Finally, we discussed its limitations for other industries such as industrial manufacturing and distribution. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We take one vendor for the solution that we review independently. And uh, we always have an expert panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. For today, we are going to be talking about a solution from Microsoft. This is the second one that we are doing with Microsoft. So this is going to be for their SMB solution. And that is the business central. It used to be called NAV. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. And I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am your, your host. Sam Gupta, I'm principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital uh, transformation consulting firm. We help our clients review any sort of ERP solution with the uh, uh, contract negotiation, uh, ERP selection, as well as ERP implementation. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro. Hi, everybody. Hi, Sam. Name is Phil Kerper. 
Managing Director of Ringling Business Solutions. We help executive leadership teams align their digital transformation strategies with their core business practices. And uh, I come to you with several decades of implementation, including a lot of ERP and some familiarity with Microsoft as well along the way. So looking forward to it. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Dave, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Sure. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting company working with manufacturing leaders to help them create the systems needed to achieve operational excellence. And I come to you with more than 20 years in manufacturing operations with uh, several ERP implementations as well. So excited to be here. Thanks, Sam. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Thank you, Sam. Yeah, my name is Andy Pratico. Uh, I've been involved in ERP software for small to mid-sized manufacturers for four decades. I've worked all over the United States, all over Canada. I work with over a thousand manufacturers and I have a published book on how to select ERP software. Thank you for inviting me today, Sam. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. And uh, if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys are going to be sending your comments and, and questions. Uh, we typically cover your questions during the show. And if we cannot get to them, our panelists are going to make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, I am going to start with a little bit of briefing. If you guys are not familiar with where the Business Central product comes from, obviously, uh, you know, this is from Microsoft, as I had mentioned in the beginning. This is their SMB solution. Uh, so from the Microsoft perspective, if you look at their cloud footprint, before cloud, they used to have a lot of different products. So obviously, their bigger solution is going to be their AX and FNO that we have already covered. And this is their sort of the, the mid-tier solution for the SMB, which used to be called NAV, but now in the cloud world, it is called Dynamic 365 Business Central. They had a bunch of other products such as Microsoft GP, uh, which does not have a very clear cloud strategy. So far, at least, we don't know if they are thinking of uh, going with the cloud strategy for GP. And SL, not too sure if there is going to be any sort of future. So the go-to product for Microsoft are going to be the Business Central and FNO. Now, uh, overall, from the positioning perspective, the way, if you look at the product architecture of Business Central, it's a very unique product. Even though if you ask any of the Microsoft resellers or Microsoft, they are going to say that, you know, this product is comparable to any other uh, ERP products in the market. It can work for any industry. That's what every vendor is going to say. But if you actually look at the, the core feature set and the product design, it's designed from a very specific perspective. And that is validated by, if you look at the reviews and if you look at the trend of those reviews and where these industries are or the companies are using it, uh, you know, you will be able to spot the trend unless these companies are using some sort of tech add-ons. And that is very common in the case of Microsoft. You are going to have humongous marketplace, humongous community. Uh, obviously, it's a very technical solution as with any of the Microsoft solutions. So you are going to have very, very, very heavy development ecosystem that is trying to develop a lot of different add-ons. So obviously they all can make money uh, by selling these add-on products uh, on the core solution. So, so in this particular case, the marketplace is going to be really big. The ecosystem is going to be really big. Uh, you know, you have some really big companies 
that are developing solutions on top of Business Central. So depending upon whether you would consider them as the add-on or you would consider them as the ERP, sometimes that could be subject to debate uh, because those companies could be, sometimes they are like a billion dollar company. Uh, So there is always a thin line in terms of which add-on is going to be okay and which add-on is not going to be okay. But overall, if you look at from the solution perspective, the community, the ecosystem is obviously going to be one of the biggest because of uh, Microsoft. Uh, Now, from the competition perspective, obviously, Business Central is the SMB solution. So it's going to compete with all of the the mainstream solution that we have in the market as of today. And that is going to be your NetSuite, Acumatica, Infor, Apicor for the most part. Um, Now, uh, if you look at the Microsoft portfolio, so as I said, this is sort of the the mid-size solution. So it is going to have the multi-entity functionality, it's not a single tenant solution, meaning you can host multiple companies. It's localized and globalized in roughly what, uh, 30-ish countries. If you look at the localization and uh, globalization code offered from Microsoft, if you look at the partner-provided code, obviously it's going to be far bigger than that. So it's a very large solution. Uh, and again, the comparable for this is going to be solutions like SAP Business by Design, NetSuite. If you compare the financial breadth of the capabilities that you are going to find in many different countries. Uh, Overall, from the product design perspective, the way product is perceived and we are going to review their screens. um, I like to draw the difference between when you compare the industrial companies versus the FMCG companies, okay? And they have very, very, very different, uh, you know, product and the business model. So this product is designed more from the FMCG perspective, that is number one. So this product is going to do really well in the FMCG distribution space. This product is going to do really well in the project-centric industry, okay? And we are going to review that today. Project, when I say project-centric, meaning in the manufacturing, you have many different manufacturing types. You have the, uh, you know, the make-to-stock, make-to-order, engineer-to-order, and then uh, I'm talking about only the discrete manufacturing right now. Uh, and then you have the... Um, the project-based manufacturing. A lot of solutions claim that they can do project-based manufacturing, but they don't really understand how project-based manufacturing works and how involved that could be. And we are going to review those capabilities in Business Central that how deep these capabilities are going to be. The accounting is completely different. The way project-centric companies operate and most of the solutions that might claim that they can do that uh, they are really lean in those capabilities and Business Central really shines there. So again, it's it's designed from a very, very, very specific perspective. And that is what we are going to review and validate uh, whether our assumptions are right or not. Uh, in terms of the technology, it is already completely re-architected. So if you look at the solution, it's going to appear, uh, you know, super cloud native. You cannot even spot that this is, not uh, this is a legacy solution uh, you know it's it's been completely rearchitected so obviously the degree of cloud nativeness is always uh, a question when you are looking at any solution one of the challenges that uh, this is very personal to be honest i could never relate with the business central okay i don't find it it easy to use maybe companies like it because they have they like the microsoft feeling i we have spoken to a lot of different users they like the product a lot because of the microsoft look and feel personally the reason why i don't like it is because 
when I look at the different products across the verticals, uh, you know, they have sort of the logical hierarchy of the way screens are architected. Microsoft is trying newer things. They are even trying these things in case of Windows as well, where they are trying to sort of position the most commonly used features and trying to hide the features that are not going to be used. Right now, the way these screens are structured, in my experience, when I try to use it, you know, it just increases the number of clicks for me personally, and that confuses the hell out of me. Okay, but you know, other people may be different. So this is just the personal observation that the design is slightly newer. I don't know how many people like it, but that is something that you need to pay attention to whether you as a company are going to appreciate the design where the menus are hidden and the number of clicks are going to be more uh, in utilizing the functionality. And we are going to review all of that. So that's from the briefing perspective. Uh, do you guys have any comment, uh, questions? Yes, Sam, I, I, I do have a question, and I've, I've gotten this question before. When they, uh, There's a lot of people that are familiar with NAV. When, when they moved from NAV to Business Central and really made it cloud native, where are they at as far as the feature content or the depth of features that was in NAV versus what's in this? Is it similar or is it still evolving? So I am not sure if I am in a position to comment on that. I don't know, Andy, if you are going to have any sort of insights there in general. Uh, the on-prem version is probably always going to be thicker. It is going to have far more features. Also, I think one of the points that most people miss, when you look at the on-prem, on-prem used to utilize very, very, very thick add-ons. Uh, even in case of Microsoft, you are not going to find the same uh, you know, thickness in terms of the IP that is being built on top of the platform. Because in the on-prem world, it was just easier to build. Okay. Uh, a lot of the partners and the resellers, they could not pick up the newer cloud native skills, which is expensive, number one. Number two, it requires far deeper skill sets in terms of programming. You know, it's not going to be, okay, I have my database, I'm going to write SQL statement, and I'm going to fire everything, you know. It's not as easy as that. So it requires far deeper expertise overall from the architecture perspective. So I would say the cloud version is still probably going to be leaner. Uh, but again, I, I don't think I am qualified to speak on that. I think you're right, Sam, uh, but from all the companies that I've known that have migrated from the old NAV or Navision product to the Business Central, I haven't had any comments or any complaints about missing functionality or lacking anything at all. So I assumed that it was quite similar, but I'm, I'm not certain about that. Uh, in regards to the number of keystrokes, that's interesting comment, Sam, because I get that complaint all the time. but there seems to be uh, a forgiveness because of the Microsoft look and feel and centric type product that they're will that they're willing to have multiple keystrokes to get to, for drill downs for you know going to different functionality. Uh, they're willing to live with that, and uh, I mean the reality is everyone's opinion of their current ERP system is relative to what they've used previously. So as long as it's better than what they used to have, I'm sure they're going to like it. Exactly. And the perspective that I'm trying to share here is I try to look at all of the different ERP systems and try to compare, okay, how this one is different, right? So if you look at compare SAP, Oracle, your Info, Epicor, they sort of follow Acumatica. NetSuite is slightly different, okay? NetSuite is definitely different product. The overall look and feel and the flow does not seem very logical. It seems very fast. Uh, so I like to draw the trend. Is it the, is the product 
compliant with how other ERPs are operating or are you trying to be Mac? Okay, being Mac is not bad, but you have to have the ecosystem and the cloud to be uh, to pull off something like Mac and then you probably create a very different community as opposed to the mainstream community. So that's the experience that I'm talking about that you are going slightly different. Uh, I would say overall from the experience perspective, because when you are going to switch from one product to the next, uh, I mean, it'll require a little bit of, you are going to have the switch effect there when you are going to switch from one product to, for example, let's say if you switch from SAP to, let's say, Acumatica, the feel is probably going to be similar because the, the way these screens are organized, they are fairly similar. But if you are going to have either, let's say, Business Central to SAP, SAP to Business Central, you might actually experience a little bit of, okay, what is going on here again? And am I going to be retraining myself? So uh, again, that, that's my take on any ERP solution. Are you following the norm? Are you trying to be different? If you're trying to be different, you know, is it good different or bad different? <laughs> okay, any other comments, questions, guys? Okay, so overarchingly, if you look at, uh, you know, this screen that I am trying to present here, you know, overarchingly, you will feel that, you know, this is any other SMB ERP. What's, what's, what's the difference? Okay, I have my financial management, I have customer relationship management, project management, supply chain management, human resources management, warehouse management. The sad part is, this is these are the same features that you are probably going to find when you review either FNO or any other products for that. Okay, so it gets very confusing for the buyers Okay, this is all same. <laughs> what is so different? And why is your business central different from any other ERP? But if you look at the, the way the information is structured on the screen, the way product is architected, every product has design compatible to a very specific industry, a very specific business model. So unless you understand that, it's going to be really hard for you to assess, okay, where the product is going to be natural fit and where it is not going to be a natural fit. So in this particular case, it says, they have they have uh, structured it in two ways from the licensing perspective. You have the essentials, you have the premium. In the premium, they are saying I have my service management as well as manufacturing. So we are going to review all of that. How much service component do they have, and how much manufacturing do they have, and can you do the real manufacturing on Business Central, or are you going to be requiring some sort of add-on to be able to do the real manufacturing? So we are going to review all of that. Now. Uh, overall look and feel, if you are simply paying attention to the screens, it's going to appear very modern. And sometimes you might feel that it's probably better than Salesforce. Okay. Because, you know, that's how these screens are structured. Uh, if you look at their opportunity lead screen, but the way the data is sort of structured, even Microsoft CRM gets very, very, very difficult to use in general because the data is not as fluid as Salesforce. So what Salesforce has done is they have removed your products from your uh, entire data hierarchy. And that's why people like Salesforce a lot more. They just don't understand why Salesforce is easier to use, okay? From the data maintenance perspective, when you are going to use Microsoft CRM, your product is very tightly coupled with everything that you are going to do, including creating an opportunity, creating a code. So it's really designed for retail manufacturing distribution business. And they used to have the product very tightly embedded with your information architecture. Uh, but that is not the case with the modern ERP. And, you know, that tightness with the object is still there overall with the Microsoft product. So you are going to feel that even though from the screen layout perspective, you might feel that the screens are laid out very nicely and the information should be flowing naturally. Once you start using that, then you will know how tight 
the object structure is. So we are going to review all of that, but overall, the screens are going to appear very modern and fancy, and you are going to get a feel that this is really a more very modern ERP system, just like any other CRM system that are easy to use. Okay, so overall, uh, if you look at the their screens, the way they are laid out, if you look at their functionality for warehouse, okay, the warehouse functionality is far richer than I have seen in any other ERP system in the market. Okay, they have things such as your zones and bin numbers. Now, if you look at some of the other manufacturing ERP systems, they don't even have bins. So when you have bins, that is your signal that this is more of the distribution centric ERP because most manufacturers are not going to be as deep in general with their uh, you know, warehouse functionality. They are going to be very deep in the manufacturing functionality, but for the where, warehouse is not there, uh, you know, the critical success factor. So they are going to be cutting down on the warehouse functionality and they are going to be uh, uh, building for deeper manufacturing functionality. So Business Central, when you look at their feature set and the functionality, the core product, I'm not talking about add-ons, okay? It's going to be really, really, really deep in the warehousing functionality. In fact, if you look at the business model of some of the industrial distributors, and I am being very, very, very clear here, okay? Industrial distributors are not going to be as heavy overall with their warehouse functions. Typically, FMCG distributors require far deeper warehouse functions because their margins are far slimmer in general, okay? And they need far more efficiency. The way things are tracked inside warehouse, the way your lot numbers, the serial numbers are structured, the way your packaging is, it's a very different business model. Okay, you don't have those challenges in the industrial distribution space. So the way the product is designed, business central, okay, it's designed for FMCG business. And we are going to review some of those features, why I believe that this is really for the FMCG products. So as you can see, they have the locations. In the locations, you are going to feel a lot of retail-centric feature set. And when you are looking at retail-centric ERP system, you are going to find that, okay, I have my production plan, distribution center, um, you know, warehouse, showroom, retail outlet, service car, all of those could be locations. In that, you have the bins, bin policies. And again, you are going to find these feature set, bins and bins, uh, bin policies, probably in SAP or some of the larger products, uh, you know, most of the SMB customers, and Phil, maybe you can comment on that or Dave, if you guys have seen very deep hierarchy of bins in the industries that you participated, uh, most of the customers, especially when you are talking about 10, 25, $50 million business, they want to simplify the whole process, okay? So what they, want, they don't even use warehouse locations. They feel that, you know, if I use warehouse location, then even if I'm moving the good from one place to the next, then I need to make a transaction in that, and that's an admin effort for them. So they typically avoid that. But you know, in this particular case, the whole warehouse process is going to be very complex in general, the way Business Central product is structured. So Phil or Dave, do you have uh, any thoughts there? I, I would agree with what you said, Sam. I mean, in uh, print manufacturing space, uh, typically it's going to be ease of inventory, uh, to your point. Uh, not a lot of detail there uh, because people want to typically avoid transactions and not want to make mistakes. So getting inventory counted and accurate was uh, sometimes the most important part of the inventory process, not necessarily locations or uh, going to the detail of bins. I mean, there's definitely some applications that... It could have been applied to uh, enhance the functionality 
but typically it was something that was avoided. Okay, Phil, what's your observation overall? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I had more of an it depends. You know, the, the, um, this level of, of functionality on the warehouse is, is certainly could be too much for someone who's more pure into discrete manufacturing and just trying to keep their inventory clean. But I think I'd have to have a little better look on the different screens. You know, so this may be the presentation of this particular screen set versus a screen that someone in the operation side might be using commonly. So that's that's where I wasn't quite sure whether this was too much or not. Yeah, but overall, I think the point that we are trying to discuss is whether the let's say the industrial distributors, are they going to use bins? Uh, you know, if they are selling, let's say, very inexpensive product, then probably they would be using that because in my experience, when I look at the bins that is used for the goods that are going to be, you know, you are storing a lot of goods in, in very small space. So that's when you are probably going to be needing bins uh, as opposed to, let's say, storing just in a warehouse location. So depending upon the size of the product, depending upon the cost of the product. Uh, and the other thing about bins is going to be that at the bill level, you can have a lot more properties overall that are probably not going to be available in some of the manufacturing systems. For example, in, in the case of bin, you can have the priority. You can have some of the constraints, such as, let's say, if you are working with a chemical company, then you have some of the products that are probably going to be flammable. Then you can tag that, okay, this particular you know, bin is allocated for these type of products so that you are not keeping flammable versus uh, you know, other products that is probably going to cause the flame right next to each other. So you might have all of those constraints, so those are applicable in very specific industries, uh, you know, but not for uh, everybody. And in my experience, those concerns are typically applicable for the FMCG industry, not so much for the industrial um, distribution sector. Yeah, put like that, I would definitely agree with that, Sam. Okay. Um, any other comments, guys? Okay. So, uh, you know, again, this has some very, very, very thick uh, warehousing feature, and uh, you are going to find all of these features in much bigger products such as SAP, where you are going to have things like in-transit code, uh, in-transit location, because you need to track that. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, mid-size manufacturing ERP system might skip that because nobody really cares for that. Uh, but then when you are looking at the core <clears throat> manufacturing feature side, for example, let's say if you are talking about back flushing of material hours, back flushing of <laughs> your labor hours, you might not find that in business. So every product has a very specific perspective for which businesses it is really designed for and what are the feature set that they really care for. So this one is really the retail, the FMCG distribution as opposed to the, the industrial distribution. Okay, so now uh, we are going to be talking about, so this is the their Navigate screen. And I don't know whether you guys remember the SAP Business by Design Navigate screen. There, what we had is when you open a document and here, we are looking at, I believe, either the, this is the, the purchase invoice, okay? And we are looking at all of the transactions that were performed on the purchase invoice. And if you remember business by design, in their case, uh, everything was sort of a flow chart, okay? And that flow chart, you can track on every single document. So you had complete traceability of the transaction, what happened to the transaction. Now look at Business Central, the way they have, uh, you know, provided the same audit trail. So this order trail is not going to be as easy to follow along, uh, you know, and by the way, finding that is a lot of effort as well. You need to click on action, then you need to click on navigate, and then you are going to find. 
Now, I don't know what action and navigate means. Okay, if you tell me that, okay, this is your document and this is your GL account. So most CRP systems, what they are going to say, they are going to name the tabs as, okay, this is your inventory. This is your, uh, you know, warehouse tab. This is your, so whatever information is there, it's very logically explained rather than explaining it technically. So here I have action and navigate and I don't really understand what that means from the business perspective. And that's my problem with the product, the way it is designed. It's very technical in, in perspective as opposed to, um, you know, providing that, that business perspective where I have the, the business segmentation of the information. Okay, if I need inventory information, I go here. If I need warehouse information, I go here. If I need GL code information, I go here. So that is something is not uh, there in, in, in case of business and because they are following newer approach to how they are designing their screens and end menus. Uh, hey, Sam, would, yeah? would you would you expect that access to all of that is is based on user role as well? Access to which information uh, you mean, like the yeah, whatever to, you are going to, to do. do. Yeah, to do like a lookup like this. I would anticipate that would all be based on user role. But I'm just curious in your experience if you've seen something different in terms of, you know, who's who's allowed to view this information, because I feel like that could lead to additional confusion almost if if you're prohibited from seeing some of the transactions, uh, whether it's in this type of a you know scenario or more of a flow chart kind of logical scenario. Just curious to get your perspective on that. So that's a good question, to be honest. OK, and uh, I don't know how different systems are going to behave, whether they are going to uh, you know limit the complete audit trail or they are going to show the order trail, but when you are going to click on the transaction, then it is going to say, you know what, you are not authorized to be some voice. Uh, you know, so you might see the, and again, don't quote me on this, because each system might be treating it differently. For the most part, in the case of Business Central, I think you will have, uh, you know, ways of controlling the information. Let's say if you don't want to show a salesperson GL entry, then they, you should be able to control that in Business Central from the product architecture perspective. Thanks. Any other comments, guys? Yeah, the Microsoft products that, that, that I've been exposed to have very extensive uh, functionality, back, back office functionality on that, you know, where you can put a lot of controls and a lot of detail around user accesses. So I would, I would expect this is the same. Exactly. The only difference between when you are going to look at something like SAP versus Microsoft, in my personal experience, and that is what I have seen in the user reviews as well, that the way the rules are structured, they are very technical. Okay. They are not as business savvy. So when I say business savvy, meaning, you know, if I'm the CFO, I am looking for my AR, my AP, my, you know, that's how I like to think. But if you think that from the technical perspective, you might have very programming centric. Uh, you know, roles and sometimes that doesn't make a lot of sense for the business users. So that and I personally have seen a lot of challenges overall with the role management. And sometimes we had like 200 different roles and, you know, business users just could not follow along uh, when they were looking at at, at roles in, in Microsoft products. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind, review the kind the way the roles are structured and how, you know, what is provided out of the box, because out of the box, uh, you know, roles does control a lot of things. And if you have very experienced consultant on your side, they typically like to reutilize those roles because if you are going to create a user access for each individual users, it gets very confusing. <laughs> and that we have seen in cases where, let's say, the consultant is not as experienced 
uh, at least in negotiating with the business user. Sometimes the users are going to simply request the requirement. You are going to incorporate that. And after two years, it's a real mess that nobody can follow along. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, something that we have seen. Uh, any other comments, guys? OK, so now we are looking at some of the functionality such as jobs. Now, when you think of jobs and when you look at jobs, your expectation is going to be, this is my manufacturing job. But the way that a job is structured inside Business Central, it's very different, okay? So you are going to get a feel of the job as if you are looking at work breakdown structure. So it's not a real manufacturing job. In fact, you know, I was trying to find, okay, show me a real barn. If you are a manufacturing system, I could not find that, okay? And this is my problem with some of the other systems that are designed for more of the assembly as opposed to real manufacturing. Uh, you know, for example, let's say if you go to NetSuite, NetSuite is very hard to follow along overall from the manufacturing perspective. Again, if you're looking at core product, if you're looking at add-on, it's different. If you're looking at core product, it becomes very, very, very hard to see, okay, just show me my bomb. The only thing I'm looking for is, okay, here's my operation. Here are my materials that are going in the operation. It should be as simple as that. But no, you are not going to find that in the systems that are not designed for manufacturing. So just analyze, okay, with what is your industry and what is your business model and whether it is going to be really the natural fit for you or not. So here, when you look at the job, this is this job is designed more from the project-based manufacturing system. So it's not a real you know, industrial manufacturing job. It's very different. The way it prices, so you can see that, you know, it says you can manage both fixed price jobs and time and material jobs. Even the, the terms that they are using are very different from how a man, industrial manufacturer is going to use overall. Uh, you know, so this is very project-centric manufacturing, professional services organization is going to find it very naturally appealing because that's how they run their business. Here, a resource uh, can be defined as a person or a machine with uh, the resources functionality you can register and sell resources. By the way, sell resources, okay? So I don't think a lot of manufacturing systems really allow you to sell the resources, but here you can sell the resources because you are literally selling bodies when you are a professional services organization. So you should be able to sell, you should be able to schedule events. Now that's a very different piece of functionality than how manufacturer would like to think or use this feature set. Any comments? Uh, Dave, I can see you are smiling, so make sure. Just, just agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. So here, again, you are not going to find some of these feature sets when you look at the resource capacity, okay? So if, if you look at the manufacturing systems, they are going to be super lean overall in terms of how they schedule the capacity. So here, you are going to be looking at different dates, uh, you know, and the schedule based on each individual resource. When you look at the WBS, okay, it's going to be very different. So if you look at the manufacturing system, some systems, the way they do it is, okay, here are my budgetary tasks, but I don't really have that start date, end date, and you know whatever else I need for my WBS. Um, it's going to be just from the costing purposes. Okay, so it's not really uh, from the operational perspective the way my WBS should be when I am looking at my project-based manufacturing. The project-based manufacturing is very, very, very different. And as you can see, even if you look at the data when you are looking at demos, okay, so pay attention to the kind of product that they are trying to demo. Most companies, what they do is they are going to create some a product that is going to be similar to your industry to make sure that you are able to connect with it. But if you look at the core data, in the this is the default data 
that business center likes to show. And here they are trying to show the section area remodel. Okay, that's project based manufacturing. That's not your the industrial manufacturing when you are going to let's say going to do some sort of cutting tools, etc. That's a very different kind of manufacturing. Okay, so in this particular case, the the way the WBS is structured, it's just phenomenal. I just love it. Okay, there are very few systems that can do this, but these systems cannot do manufacturing. This is the same thing that we saw in case of business by design. Okay, business by design had very 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 deep project centric uh, you know functionality. It did not have as natural manufacturing, SAP Business by Design is slightly different than, than Business Central. It has far deeper, you know, bomb in the product model. The way the product structured Business Central is even leaner than that uh, overall in terms of the native cap. Now, uh, when you look at the timesheet, timesheet is very natural. If I look at my, you know, ERP company or a consulting company, accounting, marketing agency, they are going to absolutely love it because this is how the timesheet is supposed to be. Okay. But if you go to a manufacturing company, they, probably may have punch outs on a job. You know, that's not a real time sheet. <laughs> so it could be very interesting. So again, this is designed more from the professional services project based manufacturing perspective, but it's not really, uh, you know, for the industrial manufacturing. The service items are, are very, very, very interesting. So a lot of professional services companies are going to have very different, very deep, the service, uh, you know, requirements. For example, let's say, if you look at some of the project-based manufacturing, for example, uh, the print business, signage business, you are building uh, modular home. If you are doing that, then you need to go and you need to really install at the site. So you require very deep service management functionality. You should be able to do the, the timesheet on site. So all of those feature sets are not going to be available in your manufacturing system because that's a very different business. You are not going to have very deep planning and dispatching. Sure, you can find patches where the service management functionality is similar. Let's say if you look at the automotive value chain, okay, in that as well, you might be able to find some of this because they are doing a lot of uh, different service repair. You are doing service repair in case of MRO as well. But here in this space, the services, the way you are going to be performing your services is going to be very different from the business model perspective. So here they are saying service items are the equipment or the item that needs to be serviced or repaired. Okay, you can record and keep track of all of your service items, including contract information, component management, BOM reference, warranty information. By the way, we are going to review their BOM as well. Uh, it's not the real BOM that you would expect uh, in a manufacturing system. You obviously have the contract, the warranty, the way the planning and dispatching is done for different resources. It's a very different perspective. Okay, so this is my production order. And now when I look at the production order, if I'm looking at the, the industrial manufacturing system, my hope is going to be Hey, I have my bomb for item, you know, that bomb I should be able to use, let's say, in my production order. If I need to make any changes to my bomb, I should be able to do that. So the bomb has a, a, a life cycle in itself, the way bomb moves. And, and you are going to have the wraps for the bombs. The item bomb is going to be very different from your job bomb. You should be able to copy and paste wherever you need to. So, so you require very deep bomb manipulation functionality. But here, you will not be able to see the whole bomb. You are probably going to see, okay, so this is your production order, and these are the materials that you are trying to use for your production, and that's it, your bomb is done. That's not how your industrial manufacturing is supposed to be done, okay? So this is, again, if you are the FMCG distributor, if you are assembly-centric organization, if you are project-based manufacturing, this is perfect. This is a phenomenal system. 
Okay, but if you are the industrial manufacturing, industrial distribution, this may not be the best system. So here it is saying uh, production orders can be created on order by order basis, either manually from the production order page or generated from sales order planning or order planning pages. And again, uh, you know, typically you are going to have the words called MRP and they have not really used those. So obviously this is a very distribution centric system. And that's why if you look at the manufacturing system, they are going to say, so you are going to be creating the production order either manually or through any MRP. But here you are not seeing those words, uh, you know, in the marketing description. Go ahead. Sam, Sam a question for you. And, and uh, there's some comments coming through the YouTube channel, which I, I'm not sure how to respond to. But it, a general question that's kind of few of the comments are built around is the focus on project management and project type of functionality because of the section we're in that's focused on that? No. Or are we in a unit uh, that that is also supposed to be covering manufacturing? No, so when you're right, analyze... this section is is definitely making it look like project-based software. Is there a manufacturing section that would fill in the blanks on that? Or is this what they're presenting? Yeah, so this is your production order. I mean, this is the bread and butter of manufacturing. And if this is not coming across, <laughs> as your manufacturing, that means your manufacturing functionality is limited. So yeah. when we do these sessions, we are looking at the overarching uh, picture of the product, how the product is designed natively, how these things are flowing, how the menu items are structured, how the marketing material is worded. So we are not looking at just one off instance, you know, and by the way, we are validating that with user reviews. So it's the comprehensive picture, you know, how the product is designed. What is the mindset? That's the exact point I was hoping you'd make. And the other point to be made is that we, we're basing this on public information. Exactly. Right. So, so if there's, if there's, because one of the person that's commenting is, you know, a Microsoft person, which is great. Glad to have you here. But, you know, obviously they're going to, they're going to have insight. If, if, if what we're saying is not complete, then put it out there. Exactly. So that people like us that are doing the reviews can find it and use it to help advise our customers. Exactly. Great point. Thank you so much, Phil, for that. Uh, if you like comments, I can take those. Uh, or we can look at some more screens. So here, again, when you look at the, the overarching warehouse functionality, and again, you can't hide the functionality that you really have. So warehouse functionality is clearly evident. Okay, you can see it. You can see bills. You can see locations. If you had manufacturing functionality, obviously it will be visible, but it's not there. Okay, so again, from the warehouse perspective, this is one of the strongest warehouse solution or the distribution solution out there, to be honest, and that's how deep the functionality is. It's so deep that probably SMB companies don't need as deep functionality, <laughs> to be honest, okay? But, you know, from the BINS perspective, from the warehousing system, FMCG distribution perspective, this is one of the best. Uh, no questions about that. Uh, here, so this is your, uh, you know, again, uh, I am trying to demonstrate some of the other warehousing features, the, the, the whole depth uh, overall from the distribution perspective. So you are going to see zones and bins uh, and the way the bins are flowing through overall in the rule hierarchy, it's just mind blowing to be honest. It's, it's a very, very, very thick and very deep uh, for any of the FMCG distribution business. This is just mind blowing. This is phenomenal. no questions about that. Now look at the, the rules for the bin content of what you can do overall. And let's say if you are a pharma distribution, chemical distribution, probably you are going to need a lot of that. Okay, and we are going to see the way their lot and serial number and the packaging uh, uh, numbers are structured. Uh, they are going to be only applicable in case of pharma. If you go to automotive, probably it's not going to be as valid. So again, the perspective of the product is very FMCG, food and beverage, uh, you know, 
But for food and beverage, you don't really have the recipe and the formula as part of the product. So again, for food and beverage distribution, it could be great. Not so much for food and beverage manufacturing. Um, and again, unless you are using add-on, you are using add-on. Okay, any product is going to work for you. But right now, we are trying to review the native capabilities, the native design of the product, where it is going to be the the, the most natural fit. Uh, and to your to your point a few slides ago, it's it's fascinating that this much of functionality is built around bins. Exactly, it's, it's really fascinating. And and not that not that that's not a good way to do things in certain applications. But there's many, many applications where this would not really be the way the business uh, processes were flowing. So that's just really interesting. There's this much functionality around bins. Honestly speaking, I personally find it slightly overwhelming for the kind of product this is, to be honest. Okay, most SMB businesses, unless you are in that FMCG space, I think they are very overall in the way they track their products and what kind of features that they need from the warehouse perspective. But for others, it might not be as relevant. Uh, here. You are also talking about cross-docking. Cross-docking is probably not available in a lot of SAP products natively. You probably are going to use some sort of add-on to have cross-docking, which is available as part of the product, which is phenomenal. Hey, Sam, do you, or maybe Andy, you may know as well, but do you guys know was this, was was the kind of extensive bin functionality, was that a carryover from the previous version or is this new functionality that has been added on based on you know user demand? This has been a carryover. NAV and its predecessor called Navision uh, was originally designed for wholesalers and, and warehouse management. Well, then, then that would make perfect sense. So, especially cross docking, docking functionality is like Sam said, either an advanced feature or an add-on feature. Exactly, guys. So here now again, <laughs> more bin. Okay, you cannot hide <laughs> from from your uh, you know business central. Uh, too much pins, but obviously this is very, very, very thick functionality for an FMCG distribution business. And, you know, if you're really rich in a feature set, it's going to be evident everywhere in your marketing, in your demos. So obviously this is very, very, very deep overall from the distribution perspective. Now, here are some of the tracking that I was talking about. So one of the limitations that a lot of companies are going to hit when they are talking about medical device pharma, because they typically require serial number as well as lot number, okay, together, because that sometimes goes in packaging. There are different ways of interpreting how you are going to interpret that. Uh, the, you know, one number carries over in your entire supply chain, uh, you know, so so there are specific nuances in that industry. And most of the manufacturing system, they are going to fall short because they are not really designed for those FMCG verticals. And this is where Business Central really shines and decoupling your serial number from your package tracking. Now, the way their demos are structured, you know, package tracking, they are saying, you know what, you can track your tracking number, shipping number as part of your package tracking, but the real intent of that is going to be when you have two different numbers, one could be your batch number and one could be your serial number, you can have both of them coexisting. A lot of, uh, you know, systems out there are going to fall short, and this is absolutely critical for some industries. The product is not going to work if you don't have that. So again, this is a very unique feature that you have as part of Business Central that you are not going to find. And again, that is applicable in your food and beverage and regulated food and beverage industries. Okay, so this is the inventory setup screen. Uh, you know, so you have a lot of different things such as your dimensions, catalog item numbers, uh, and then 
overarchingly, you know, if you look at the the screens, it's going to have all of those uh, real ERP features in terms of your uh, costing, but the costing is not going to be as rich as you would find in a manufacturing. Okay, the costing for manufacturing system is very different from a distribution. Okay, so that depth is not there overall from the costing perspective. If you look at their costing screen, this is the package tracking that I was talking about that they can coexist. And you have a lot of different fine settings in terms of how you can design your lot numbers and the serial numbers and on which transactions the lot number needs to be there. Again, mind blowing. I have never seen this functionality anywhere else in any other system. And again, there are very specific industries that are going to require this. So if you are in that industry, the system is going to be mind blowing there. Okay, so here is my item tracking and things such as, let's say, if you look at the expiration calculation, okay, some of the systems such as, let's say, if you go to Acumatica, they struggle with it, okay, because they don't really need it. In case of your industrial distribution, you might not really require that. But when you are doing a lot of FMCG stuff, that's where features such as expiration calculation is going to be very handy because each lot that you are going to scan and if you have to enter expiration date, you are going to be done. Okay, so you need to make sure that your uh, expiration is going to be auto-populated so that you are doing faster warehouse transaction. Again, very distribution problem, not so much manufacturing problem. Here, the cost accounting setup, and I just don't follow this one, to be honest. And this case, for some reason, I mean, see, even though Microsoft is going to be very technical system, but when I look at the, the overall accounting, it gets very technical the way they have structured their screens. For example, let's say if you look at the costing, they are saying allocation. And again, this allocation is going to be relevant only when you are going to be a professional services, project-centric organization. Allocation, typically, if you look at the manufacturing systems, they are going to have the allocation uh, at the GL level. Let's say if you need to split the rent, then you have those allocations. From the cost accounting perspective, I just don't understand why you would have allocation here uh, unless you are in those industries where they are doing allocation for the project. Uh, you know, it's just very different. It's it's not the real, uh, you know, manufacturing flavor that I personally like to see in the, in the ERP system from the cost accounting perspective. Okay, I can take some comments. Otherwise, uh, some more screens to go here and this is your bomb by the way guys okay so this is a very different bomb and again i was trying to find uh, a different bomb but here you have the work center uh, you know you have the setup and runtime the setup and runtime are not really split with respect to your machine time so typically if you're looking at manufacturing system you are going to have a lot of machines here you don't have to uh, okay and you, you sort of have the operation but the presentation is very different okay if you look at the whole demo of their bomb it just feels very different it does not feel as if this is manufacturing because, again, the manufacturing is not as involved for those project-centric organizations. For them, the critical success factor is going to be whether my overarching project is on budget or not, whether my resources are, are going to be serving on time or not, because your heaviest item on your project is not going to be your materials. Uh, that's going to be your people because you're a consulting organization. And those are the people who are charging 200, 250, $300, $500 an hour. So that's where your major uh, you know, cost uh, items are going to be there. If you look at manufacturing companies, for them, it's different. It's machines, guys. That's the most expensive part. The electricity, you know, uh, they might not have as expensive people. So it's a very, very, very different perspective overall, the way these industries operate. 
Okay, I can take uh, some questions or I can cover some more. And uh, these are some of the reviews uh, that we have checked. And uh, here the user is saying a few redundancies and procedural missteps on menus and tabs can make the portal a bit crowded and which is right as well. So this user is sort of agreeing with me that you know too many steps, it, 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 it feels a bit crowded overall the way the product is designed. Uh, here they are saying, uh, not as simple and seamless as we expected from migrating from another Microsoft Dynamics software product. We moved from GP to NAV. GP, I personally find very natural product. The way we have reviewed GP as well, you know, the way it was designed, it was very natural. For some reason, NAV is tricky. Okay, I don't know why, uh, you know, and I don't know if FNO is going to have similar design overall from the design principle perspective. It just feels different. It does not feel ERP in my mind. Uh, our staff is going through a tougher time than we thought to learn some procedures. Uh, you know, here they are saying automate the creation of bill of materials for production. We can now generate a bomb from sales order. Okay, you do that only when you are a project-based manufacturing. Okay, yes, you are going to do that probably in in the make-to-order scenario as well. But for the most part, you do this. Otherwise, you are probably going to have a bomb. And, and item in your ERP system before you release the sales order, release the job order. So it's a very different process flow, very different business model, very different business process. So again, you can see or notice these themes in the user reviews as well, the way uh, the product is designed. Sam, you uh, obviously people sometimes think engineer order and project manufacturing are synonymous, which they're not. But would you say, um, that the project manufacturing type, probably the project type companies that now would be good for or business would be good, be good for would be like construction? So construction is a very different industry overall. Okay, so I think, I don't think I see Business Central as the construction product, to be honest. Uh, okay. It has very different regulations overall. Uh, you know, it does not, sure, some people may argue that it also has project, uh, but construction, if you look at the way construction is done, you have jobs, you have cost codes, so you don't really have the whole WBS, okay? But let's say if you look at the, if you look at the product, the product, this, uh, you know, the sample data was building, kitchen remodeling, these are the architectural firms, these are slightly more consulting organizations. So they have flavor of the project-centric manufacturing, okay? That's not really your engineer to order. It's not necessarily construction, it's sort of somewhere in between. <laughs> gotcha. That uh, that clears it up a little bit, and I think that's their lane. They do yeah, have absolutely. a lane. They're not they're as many of these are. It's 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 it it's almost feels like they're conflicted of wanting to look like they're broader from applications when they actually really have a great lane. If they would just explain, this is where we really shine, guys. They stay but it's, in your lane. Yeah. And 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 I thought you did a really good job on this one with the screenshots, right? Not with some bullet point list, but by actually looking at the functionality that they're explaining that their lane comes out when you go through it like this. And it's not manufacturing and 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 it's and it's not build to order. You know, it, it's distribution and it's project based sales orders and they really shine there with all that functionality. But you know how it is with software vendors is that if someone calls in and says, hey, I'm a engineer order manufacturer or I'm a micro order manufacturer, 
does Business Central fit, they immediately say yes. All they care about is selling the software, not what's the best fit for the client. Well, and that's that's why, you know, yeah, that's why there's a lot of talk about the, uh, you know, the app extensions. And that even comes up in one of the in one of the client, uh, you know, kind of testimonials and white papers uh, where they are leaning slightly towards manufacturing. But they say very specifically that thanks to some of the additional, uh, you know, apps that were available, they were able to satisfy their needs. So and back to your point, Phil, I, I, I kind of feel like that's a recurring theme with uh, a lot of the solutions that we, you know, that we have reviewed here is that going through there, there is very clearly a lane that, you know, each one of these fits for. And yet, you know, through other uh, innovations, <laughs> let's call it, you know, we're, we're trying to make <laughs> trying to make the solution a go. So uh, I think, uh, you know, that's a great point. Well, at the very beginning of the presentation, Sam was mentioning about NetSuite. NetSuite's a great example of, of, a, of a product that relies on their apps. They have a very, very extensive app store. Um, well, it's the same thing with Business Central. They don't really call it an app store. They're, they're called ISVs, independent software vendors. But it's a lot of the other third-party bolt-ons that have developed industry-specific functionality that fills in the gaps. Now, whether or not those fill in the gaps as well as a full end-to-end -end product would, a single ERP would, it's debatable. Um, and, and, you know, whether or not the, the ISV is as good a quality as the core system is, is also debatable. All part of the due diligence when you're evaluating these systems. And the maintenance of it once you start bolting those on. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, uh, and over time, you know, really has to be balanced. You know, so you get the functionality by adding on some apps or some third-party apps, or maybe the SI is helping you to put the yeah. thing together. And then when it's all said and done and you start running updates and, and these cloud-based systems are driving updates and driving improvements, uh, you know, and now you're spending every quarter, every six months, whatever their update cycle is, having to go back through and and do requality checks and do, and do more user yeah. testing and more patches. Hey, I'll tell you a story. Well, My brother... Uh, works for a large uh, wholesale distributor. They've got a couple of small manufacturing facilities, but they're mostly 99% wholesale, about, about a billion revenue. Uh, facilities all over North America. He's one of their purchasing. Um, they they bought NAV back 10 years ago or so, back when it was uh, called NAV or Navision, it might have been. But they bought it because it was so flexible to customize. And they ended up customizing the heck out of it and building all kinds of stuff. And you'll never guess how long it takes them now to do an upgrade. <laughs> and how many people? They, they, how many people they, are they, they, people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Was, was, that a, was that a trick? Year. It yeah. takes them a year? Oh. A year. So now you start I, resisting the upgrades. You, so now they're giving you extra functionality yeah. because of it. Yeah. See, I thought that was going to be a trick question, and the answer was never because they don't go after an upgrade because it just <laughs> takes way too long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. ba back to that point, though, you know, Phil, you kind of touched on it. And, and you know, from the, the consumer perspective, right, people that are purchasing these products, you know, they don't think what happens when, you know, when that that uh, ISV, you know, doesn't initiate updates. Right. And so now not only could you have the potential of having to re-architect some of your operations to now fit a new solution uh, because, you know, hey, this this 
particular uh, bolt-on is no longer supported. So, you know, all of those are... Having are, the experience with that, with that bolt-on. Yeah. yeah right? right, guys. So Lots of times they're, you know, they're bringing in people from Europe or whatever else. And so guess what happens? Finger point. Yeah. You know, all right, guys. Lot. So I can take some more short comments and I need to wrap. We have close to our time. My last short comment is one of the one of the selling features, obviously being Microsoft sells itself right there, but one of the selling features of Business Central has always been how easy it is to customize. But that's also probably one of the worst features because you can make it do anything, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh Phil Dave, any other short comments? No, I think we covered it. Good session, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, great session. All right, guys, so that's a wrap. And again, uh, ERP systems, you should not be buying just purely based on customizability. You can customize any system out there. That's how ERP systems are. Uh, you know, but if you are in the project centric manufacturing or uh, if you are in that FMCG distributes, business center should be your go to product. You should definitely include your evaluation. On that note, uh, that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or uh, the solution that we review independently. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to be here with another solution. On that note, thanks everyone for your time and insights tonight. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler dot club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about NDE Practical, head over to ESSoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to RinglingBusinessSolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Phil Kerper, who shares his insights into executing on DTC strategy. Also, the interview with Cristiano Garadini, who discusses the importance of costing granularity and why it is crucial to understand your product's profitability. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.